Welcome to the final episode of Zero to Hero Lean Canvas Edition. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the two extra bits of the Lean Canvas model that we that aren't they don't really exist, but we add them in because we think they should. Oh, they exist, all right. Oh yeah, they do. They're yeah, the best they, parts. They're the best parts. Um, so the first one is forecasting, and we're not going to talk about it too long. It's just a really simple idea. Uh, the short version is essentially. You're looking ahead at your business, trying to see what would you do to make your first sale, your first $100, your first $1,000, you know, and maybe even up to a million. But yeah, that's that's pretty much forecasting. Do you guys have any extra things on that one before we move into our, our super big edition? Well, if we had an extra thing, we'd have to call it five casting now, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no signatures, please. Autographs, I'm, I'm here all night. Uh, yeah, so forecasting <laughs> is, it's self-explanatory. It's planning out where your business is going. Um, for businesses that aren't brand spanking new, it's actually easier because you can use uh, real data from your past uh, to kind of inform the future. So for example, Be Caffeinated is about three and a half years in or so. So we're actually able to look at trends in our past uh, to forecast for this year of 2023. Uh, so it's also interesting to look at uh, if you open multiple locations and look at the trends of past locations. So when we first opened our first one to the second, to the third, fourth, et cetera, and also accounting for like when we first opened our very first location, we didn't exist before that. So it took longer to gear up. Whereas our second location, we already had a set audience. People knew who we were to whereas all the way to the fourth one. We had a pretty established uh, audience, but it was on a different side of town. So, you know, it has its unique issues and challenges, but in general, you can use forecasting, uh, to plan out. Um, so on accounting wise, you can plan things on the books, either as cash or accrual cash is kind of the simplest. It's where it's, everything is based on cash flow. So for the month of January, say, uh, you're going to say, I have, you know, I'm going to have projected or forecasted this many sales. It's going to cost me this much. And when I, you know, pay the milk guy, it comes out of my account, etc. So that's kind of the cash version. Accrual would be you're looking at January, but in December uh, or just beforehand. And you're saying, this is what I think is going to happen. And for example, when we buy say 10,000 cups, I'm not going to use 10,000 cups in January, but I can say, okay, maybe I'm going to use this number of cups. And so you're accruing the cost of those cups as you go and accounting for things like uh, depreciation, you're accounting for things like cost of uh, goods sold, labor, all of that. And so you're taking the quote real costs, but that aren't necessarily being reflected immediately. So accrual a, a is on accounting wise, the most correct form and the most accurate way of doing it, but it's not objectively what you see coming in and out of your bank account because that's more of the cash side. Um, so, but you can use both of those ways to forecast your year or your month or even your week. Uh, if you forecast using the cash method, you'll be able to kind of see what you project to have in your cash at the end of the day or end of the year or whatever, uh, which you can also do with accrual, but uh, the accrual method is going to be more accurate on your inventories, your equipments, all of that stuff. And is how, as far as taxes and bookkeeping go, you're actually going to have a better uh, snapshot and view of what your equipment looks like. Because I think for big equipment, you have you kind of build in five years of depreciation as far as taxes go. 
Um, and it's all this mumbo jumbo accounting stuff, which I am not an accountant, so I'm not going to talk more on, but that's why you should probably hire an accountant. But anyways, <laughs> forecasting is good to project what you're going to do, how much money you're going to need. Uh, if you set goals, it's a really good way to see, you know, how to get to that goal to see how much money you need to cover your fixed and variable costs, how much you need if you sell a thousand cups so that, you know, the example that Dylan talked about in a previous episode doesn't happen where you get a ton of orders and then suddenly can't fulfill those orders because you didn't account for how much you need to actually make them. So, Yeah. And also going back to previous episodes during this series, forecasting should be linked heavily to your KPIs as well and other key indicators where you aren't just forecasting for uh, cost and price, like Chris was saying, but also be forecasting for different goals that you have and seeing if you're reaching those. Like in the marketing world, I do tons of forecasting of where I think BeCaffeinate is going to be in terms of like engagement on our social media or how much attention we're getting on our social media or how many guerrilla marketing projects we're running and stuff like that. So there are tons of things that you should be monitoring when it comes to forecasting and tons of things you should be tracking and those should be linked to those KPIs we talked about before. Also, if you are just getting started and you don't have a base to use for forecasting, you can look to your competitors that are already established and try to monitor what they're doing and get ideas from them about like what kind of dips or ups or just different trends are happening in the market that you're entering. And that's where industry averages come into play as well. But also uh, what we did with our, when we opened our Bcaffeinated locations is we had kind of... Um, thresholds that we that I accounted for on a spreadsheet so it's basically if we average this amount of cups per day say like 50 cups a day or tickets a day 100 cups a day and 200 cups a day and then if we had you know this average ticket costs and this one and this one and then based on those we would account for a projected uh, fixed cost a projected variable cost and then we'd have kind of a projected take home and so we would be able to use all of those thresholds to say if we did 50 cups or 50 tickets a day at this cost, this is how much it would cost to break even or not or whatever. If we did 100 or 200, what, what success would look like? And then it also lets us say, okay, well, if we're at, if, if we've been, you know, three months and our average is 120 tickets a day, but our ticket average is, you know, $5 a ticket, how can we make that average like $8 a ticket? So that's when you bring in, okay, let's add in pastries, let's add in upcharges, let's see how we can make that per transaction costs go up because maybe you've hit the ceiling on how many transactions you have a day, but not necessarily the ceiling on what people are willing to pay for for each transaction. And so that's how you kind of, uh, you know, ebb and flow with your own business and figuring out how to go while remembering the whole time that forecasting is a tool, not a rule, as Michael would say. And it's not something to hold, uh, to stick closely to. It's something to plan to make yourself safe and to make sure you understand and the best and worst case scenarios, what do you need to stay open and make sure you're staying in the right direction and going where you want to go? I love that. That's a great final point on that of, yeah, the ultimate thing is like, will this help you stay in business? <laughs> like as long as you do that, you're still kind of winning the game. Uh, so cool. I think that about covers it for forecasting. 
So we're going to get to a topic that we're all really passionate about, but I would say one of us is the most passionate about this. And so this is the concept of knowing your why. And so I'm going to pass it over to Chris. Actually, I think you guys should start so that I don't just talk the whole time. So <laughs> y'all talk and then I'll inject because I can't not talk about this, but y'all, y'all should start. Yeah. So um, if you aren't familiar with Simon Sinek, <laughs> you're about what to What rock be. have you been living <laughs> under? Just kidding. So I think we, we've definitely talked about him already on multiple podcasts or different things mm -hmm. before, but he introduced the idea of your why. And so really, I think for a business it's really important to have a really huge why, one that really motivates you and excites you. Uh, but beyond that can also uh, motivate and excite any potential customers you have or employees you're going to have uh, or partners in the community. And so if you have, I'm going to butcher the phrase. Some of you guys can help me. I forget who the quote's from. So a man who, uh, knows his why can withstand many hows. So many like bad things that happen. Uh, if you have that why pushing you forward through it, you can withstand all that stuff. I, I really think I butchered that, that quote, but you, I think you get the idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So basically with your why, your why is everything. It is the center of your business. It's your cornerstone. So almost all of the topics that we've talked about during this process of going through the lean canvas should all go back to your why. With Becaffeinated, for instance, our why has nothing to do with coffee. We've talked about that before in other podcasts. So like our main goal is we're here to foster community, to cultivate kindness, to be happy and to be caffeinated. So like coffee at like comes at the very end there, but our main goal is to just be like a community building business and a place that gives people a reason to be happy. So with that in mind, when we are thinking about stuff that we want to do and what like separates us from other businesses, that's what we are focused on. And that's what we are always moving forward with having that in mind. So yeah, it's incredibly important that you get your why down um, and that your why is something that like you are genuinely very passionate about and feel involved in. And if you don't have a why for your business, like why does your business exist? <laughs> That's a big question that I think people should be asking themselves if they aren't really sure about like what their why is. It's just going into like, what purpose am I serving for my community? Why am I doing this service? And I think that's where like you need to start if you're trying to figure that out. Yeah, I'm gonna jump in and say, a uh, common thing that people might try and use as a why is make a bunch of money. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of a given for business is that you hope to make money. So it's something beyond that, something that is an, an additional reason that will keep you going, even if you're hitting a time where maybe you're not making a bunch of money. Um, yeah. Yeah, on that note, so being a small business owner is probably, if not top three, top 10 hardest jobs you can ever have. Um, and it varies based on industry and what it is and stuff, obviously. Um, but you're not doing, a lot of people might start in entrepreneurship because they think it's sexy. And there's definitely the, the appeal. You don't necessarily have a boss. Um, you don't, you get to follow your own rules that you set. And it's, there's a lot of freedom to it, but also there's a ton of responsibility to it. Um, and especially as you evolve out of the solopreneur side and into having employees. Um, so you, you don't do entrepreneurship just to do entrepreneurship, or at least if you do that, you, they typically don't last very long. Um, 
And that's why it's so important to have a why is because it's hard. Like I've had so many wakeless nights. I've had anxiety, like mental breakdowns. I've had like, it's, it sucks. Like it's hard. And the people that I'm doing this for that I care about are usually the ones (laughs) that give me the most trouble, which is just life. But Um, if I didn't have a pervasive why, then there would be no point. There would be no reason to do this. I could make so much more money doing almost any other job. Um, and so the money's not why I'm doing it. It's not why Doug's doing it. It's not why Becaffeinated exists. Now, do I believe that one day we'll make a good amount of money from Becaffeinated? I I think so. I would like to hope so. I really hope so. (laughs) Um, but I mean, that's kind of just, I could have done that other places too. Um, and so why, why this is so important is when it gets tough, if you're just doing it for the money or you're just doing it because it's cool or it's sexy or any myriad of reasons other than something that's driving you, you're going to quit or something worse or you're just going to have everything sucked out of you. And we've had some really, really bad times with becaffeinated. And I've, I've had a couple of times where I've thought about like, is it time to quit because this is so hard? And then I always would come back to my own why, which is to make people happy and to create an environment where people feel valued, seen, acknowledged, heard. And then that kind of perpetuates onto the customer, which we've talked about a lot. Um, and every time it's been tough, I've just gone back and thought about, the times where I've had really good interactions with customers who have cheered us on. I've had interactions with employees who've said basically thanks for taking a chance on me and for keeping with me even when I was being a butthole and now they're some of our best employees. I mean, I've had interactions with, you know, I I just, there's all, all these interactions where you can just think back to um, and that it helps you keep going. It helps it make it easier, but without, that driving why I, we wouldn't be here today. Like we caffeinated wouldn't exist. And, um, so it's really important as you're going about this to really sit down with yourself as a small business owner, or if you have a business idea, or if you want to break into this and really understand why are you doing this? Why are you making this transition to the hardest job that exists? Maybe not absolute hardest, but it's one of the hardest jobs that exists. It's so much more difficult. You have to know so much more. You have to do so much more. Why are you doing this? And if it's any reason other than some why inside your soul that just keeps you awake at night for as a, like in a good way, then you probably shouldn't do it. And this isn't me telling people to not chase their dreams. This is me just saying, make sure you actually know what your dream is because you can't chase it if you don't know where you're going. And you don't, it doesn't have to be super crystal clear. It doesn't have to be super developed. Um, reading the book, start with why with Simon Sinek, watching his Ted talk. And then he has a sequel called find your why that him and a couple other guys wrote. That's kind of a workbook on developing your why both personally and as a business and or tribe. That's really impactful if you haven't figured it out. And a lot of times you just have to keep asking that question and digging deeper into, okay, this is actually my why it's not just, I want people to be happy, but it's, you know, I want people to, feel like they matter and then you keep going and you keep going and you dig things out that you a lot of times didn't know is there and you realize that a lot of your motivations are from some crazy subconscious scar or wound or trauma that 
You just want to make sure no one else has to experience. And those are the best businesses that exist, I think, is coming from people that have experienced or seen something that they either want to change, either want to perpetuate or make sure it never happens again. And that's where you get the longstanding businesses that um, actually exhibit that change. So um, this isn't supposed to be a downer. I kind of got into downer <laughs> mode, but uh, just, I, I think, I, I don't think you got into downer. I think you got into very real and authentic. Yeah. And that's inspiring. I think I connected with it. So I was like, I imagine you guys are connecting with it as well. Yeah. yeah I mean, so, you know, it, people have started talking to me a little differently with how be caffeinated is. And it's gone from, this is a guy that's just started a coffee shop with his friend to a lot of people act as if we've kind of made it or they say, I know you're really busy. Do you have time for me? And first of all, yes, I do. That's the whole reason I'm doing this is to have time for people that I care about. Um, but also we haven't made it. We're still making it. We will always be making it. Mm -hmm. There is no end goal. Another book by Simon Sinek is the infinite game. And what she posits that there's no such thing as winning. There's just leaving a legacy and doing better than yesterday. Um, and so just remembering that, like, for example, we got best of the best coffee shop last year. You know what happens this year? They do the contest again. We might win it again. We may not, but that title is a temporary thing and will eventually fade. So it's, you can't wrap up everything in these like milestone achievements because you still have to wake up and go to work the next day. You still have to keep going. And so you have to tie it to these, passion oriented wise um, that help you keep going and keep persisting and make it a little easier because you're going to worry about money. You're going to have a hard time making payroll one day. You're going to have to be $8,000 behind on how much you're supposed to get paid in a year, <clears throat> which was me last year. Um, you, you're going to have to do a lot of things that are tough and you're going to have to fire people you don't want to fire and you're going to have to hire people you don't want to hire. And, you're going to have to have all of these hard conversations with accountants and, you know, people that care about you and your family and your friends and your spouse. Um, but at the end of the day, if it's your passion and your why that's driving you, it doesn't matter. Like all the rest is just fluff and you just have to keep, you know, pushing after the one thing that's driving you in life. So um, I would encourage everyone that's listening to this to really go introspective mode, figure out what you actually care about. And some of you might, not end up doing small business, which is fine. Some of you might jump immediately off of whatever corporate job you have and full time into small business, which is exciting. Reach out to us because you're going to have a lot of issues. Um, but just remember that you're not the only one having issues. You're not the only one going through this stuff. It's all a collective effort and networking and banding together is how you get past a lot of it and support each other and kind of take off that burden. So nice. I think that's really beautiful. Um, I want to go backwards to a thing you said and kind of turn this more into like if if there's the normal thing where you teach something and then you get your workbook time and you what what are the exercises to help implement this? Um, there's one of the things you said uh, that I think is a good point for people to jump off if they're looking to find their own why, which is the the pushing. Maybe this is the exact words, but like the pushing of something really positive that you love, or the reducing of something negative that you experience that. Uh, you hope other people don't have to experience. And so um, that is, I think, one of the, the key points to start looking at. So uh, for me, 
on most of my personal endeavors, most of my whys for any project I've done tend to resolve more on the level of um, pushing positives that I love when it comes to creative, expressive stuff, because that's like such a thing in me. It's like there's, if I ask myself why I want to do that, it's like there's nothing more. It's just, I just want to express things that make people feel wonder and excitement and, and joy. And, and it's like, why do you want to do that? And I literally have no other answer. It's like, I just, that's my hard wiring. It's right there. Um, but on the more like service-based business side, most of the time for me, it comes from the side of helping people experience less pain than I experienced or skipping over that pain. And so that's a really helpful question to ask yourself is which side of that do you tend to lean more on? And it may be a bit of both, but like there's probably one that you lean into really hard. And then the other thing is if you have trouble being introspective. So if for you sitting down with a journal tends to not result in lots of anything that's actually valuable, you may be someone, someone that processes in a different way. So uh, a lot of people I've talked to, some of them process really well in conversation. So you might get a friend together and sit down with them and go back and forth, asking them questions about you and have a voice recorder going or something on your phone. Um, and, using those as a different way of processing. So, um, yeah, those are kind of my tips for helping you get your why. What about you guys? You want to kind of jump into your tips and then we'll close it out? For sure, yeah. So I think a big thing to keep in mind too is that you can fully think that something is your why and find out later down the road that you were completely wrong. Mm -hmm. It can I, change too. Yes, it definitely can. Yeah, so whenever I was first going to college, I had no ambition ever of getting involved in marketing. I didn't. I was going to school for a marketing degree. I did not care about marketing at all. I was getting it because uh, the place that gave me my scholarship said they would hire me if I got a marketing degree. That was my full intention. I had no idea what I was going to do with it. Uh, I thought I was going to, by the time I was 20, be a very successful uh, J.K. Rowling level author. Uh, that did not happen, <laughs> but that was Nate's entire ambitions as like a teenager and then like a young adult going to school and stuff like that. I didn't care about where I lived. I really didn't. I grew up in like small town, not too far from Chattanooga. I didn't like living in the South or anything like that. Had no connection really to my community. If you would ask me about like my ambitions for like living, I'd probably say I wanted to live in like England or something like that or like California or somewhere. Um, so yeah, I... And now if I were to talk to that person, so different, crazy different. And not even just from like an age gap perspective and like a maturity perspective, but just from like an ambition perspective and like a dream perspective where now, like I just want to do marketing for small businesses. I want to see them succeed. I think it's so awesome. And getting to work with Be Caffeinated and just watch it grow is so cool. And getting to be involved with that. I never would have thought that I'd be that kind of person. I also was one of those people who, as like a young man getting into the business world during that time, um, I saw so much hustle culture, I feel mm. like, and so much of that element of why are we doing this? We're doing this to make money. And that was kind of just the end of it. I cannot think of a single person I went to college with who had that kind of perspective and was getting into that kind of stuff of, you know, we're going to start this business and the whole goal of this business is we're going to make a ton of cash in three weeks or whatever. I cannot think of a single one who was successful for one. I cannot think of a single one also who today is still doing that or who ended up like getting this giant, 
you know, business life that they envision of being like the kind of people you see on your, you know, your hashtag business Instagram profiles and all of that. Yeah, it just doesn't work like that. You need to be prepared to have your why change and to really find something that is what you truly care about and to dive into that because then you're going to be way happier. And honestly, I think you're going to be way more successful because like Chris said, when those big changes happen, when the bad times hit, you're going to keep going. Yeah, and uh, it's not an if they hit. Like Nate said, it's when they hit. Mm -hmm. Um, If I, the running joke recently in Hive Think has been, me saying, hey, have you heard about this podcast called How I Built This with Guy Raz? Because <laughs> I talk about it a lot, and I, I kind of get stuck on things sometimes that I am hyperfixating on. But I've listened to an obnoxious amount of How I Built This so far. Um, and the honest truth of it is it's been incredibly beneficial for my mental health because I've gotten to hear some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world talk about how they screwed up and how they almost went out of business or how they did go out of business like five times or how they just happened to luck out or they were in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt on their credit cards and you know all this crazy stuff and they just went that extra mile or they went that extra week and they did that extra thing and that's what ended up happening so when you put it into that perspective i feel really comfortable with where caffeinated is um And so if you're ever in a dark spot or when you get there, just start contextualizing not only your life, but your business and start thinking about those that have come before you um, because most often they've experienced the same or similar things and they fought through it. But most of the ones that really resonate on how we built this are the ones that had a purpose or a why and that's what kept them going. And that's more often than not what they refer back to. And it's not in the same words. It's not in the same way. But if you go into it with this lens of starting with why, then you start to see these patterns of really successful people. Um, And you, it starts, it's, it kind of gets really weird because a lot of, a lot of success can be pointed to because they have this insane why. And we've talked about it before. An example is Mr. Beast. He his why is to create the perfect YouTube video, but also his why is to just make people happy. And a lot of his content is giving away money or giving away cars. And he tears up or cries a lot of times when people are just really happy or sad when they get something. And that's his why. And then you see, I mean, uh, what's his name? The Virgin Mobile guy, uh, Richard uh, Branson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, his why was to like do all this crazy stuff and he bought all these businesses and he just wants to like have all this. I mean, there's, there's so many cool things, whole foods. They started because they wanted to have more organic foods, more accessible to more people. Um, you have earthbound food, which is this, um, organic, uh, food seller out of California that started as like a, I learned a new term recently, local vor movement. It's like herbivore, but it's local oriented. Cool. Um, and they, their goal was to, or their why was to bring organic food, to make it accessible and uh, affordable to as much of the United States as they could. Um, and so they kind of were the, the leaders on pre-packaged uh, salads. Um, and so there's all of these really shining examples of whys. And you look at Simon Sinek's why, and it's to help people figure out their why so that they, the world gets better one day at a time. And, um, yeah, it's really cool. It's really interesting, and it's really impactful to just start thinking about 
what matters, how does it matter, and then why does it matter? And going from there and growing, and it really changes the decisions you make. It changes your perspective on things because, for example, with Becaffeinated, we've made a ton of decisions that are really, really, like, technically bad short-term decisions, but they're really, really good long-term decisions. And it's because, I mean, money's good. It keeps the doors open. It keeps the lights on. It keeps the gas going to the roaster. Um, but we're not looking to make a ton right now. We're looking to build out and expand and make this really strong foundation. And that's where all of our funds are going to is building out this really strong foundation built on being kind and, you know, fostering community and cultivating kindness and doing all of these things um, to find the good people that have the shared vision, combine them all together into this weird soup of awesomeness and then just kind of evolve and grow together towards the future uh, where we can kind of do more. So yeah, uh, I'll end this part by sharing Simon Sinek's famous quote of people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Um, and just think about some places yourself that you're obnoxious about and you really, really, you know, profitize about, and then think about why you do that. And it's not because, you know, like with Chewy, it's not because they sell dog stuff, but it's because they understand that animals aren't just animals anymore. They're, they're children and they honor and respect that. And that has become why they're so impactful and do so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, awesome. I think uh, that concludes not only this episode, but this, this whole series. Yep. Uh, it's been great. It's been awesome to talk with you guys and explore this together. And so grateful for you guys watching. I wish you the best as you're working on your businesses. Uh, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe and just stay with us. We've got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. And please reach out if you ever have any questions or ideas for us. Uh, we're just a bunch of goofy guys in Chattanooga, Tennessee, trying to do fun businessy stuff and talk about cool businessy stuff as well. Uh, and we're always down for new ideas or new challenges or to explain new concepts. So reach out over YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, carrier pigeon, you know, anything That's like that. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Let's get coffee. All right. On that note, see you later. Bye guys. <laughs>